The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. You know, we try to do things here at Parkside Baptist Church decently and in order. And so Sunday school is a time of teaching. It's a time where you can come and learn and grow. Sunday morning, uh, it's more a time to be able to uh, exhort people, if you will, to try to help them to draw closer to the Lord. Um, Sunday night, pretty much the same as that. And then we go back to teaching on Wednesday night. Uh, this morning's going to be just a little bit different. Many times on a Sunday morning, I'm going to be running back and forth and just having a really good time. But I want us to look in our Bible and I want us to see a subject matter this morning I think could be helpful to us. So I invite you to go back to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, where the Bible says, as I read it again for emphasis sake, the Bible says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And so God says, I have a commandment for those of you that name the name of Christ, that you love one another. Then he says, I'm giving you that commandment. And then I'm giving you an example. He himself presenting himself as the example. He says that ye may love one another. Watch the last phrase as I have loved you. He said, here's the example. Then in verse 13, he says, greater love, uh, hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. And of course, we understand what Christ did for you and I, as certainly he did that fulfilling the scripture there. But also, exhortation is given because in the beginning, he said, this is my commandment. So he's telling us what to do and how to be able to fulfill it. So I want to speak this morning with that in mind on understanding love understanding love. So many times I think we misunderstand. The Bible has a lot to say about it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, the Bible says, now as touching things offered unto idols, we know uh, that we have all knowledge, the Bible says, uh, and knowledge puffeth up, but charity Edifieth. The word edifieth here is talking about the teaching someone, lifting someone up, encouraging someone, and is talking about how charity does that. So when you're able to express yourself in such a way to be able to edify someone, God says you ought to do it in love. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 3, the Bible says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though it says I give my body to be burned and have not charity, he says it profiteth me nothing. All right, so here's a person that sacrifices, they, they, they give their goods. I mean, they sell things in order to obtain money to be able to feed the poor and they do a good job at it. Now, maybe they give their bodies in such a sacrificial way that it uh, comparatively so could be burned. And so God says, okay, but now wait a minute. If you don't have charity, uh, no matter what you sacrifice, he said it, it profiteth nothing. So everything should be based on the reason that we give uh, uh, based on charity. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, uh, let no man despise thy youth. He says, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation. Here it is again, in charity, in spirit, faith, and in purity. And so the Bible talks about uh, being the right example, 
how? Well, one of those ways is to do it in love, which is charity. So how do you do that? How do you do that? How do we live a, a life where uh, we believe the Bible, practice the Bible, want to be able to share the Bible, want to be a gospel reach the world with the gospel and how do we do it when persecution time comes how do we do it when all of a sudden you don't get along with your neighbor uh, what is it that you can do when all of a sudden family relationships are broken down what does God expect out of me what does God expect out of you in understanding and practicing the subject matter at hand love all right let me give you a couple of statements statement number one uh, we see how to do it as we see God's love for us without end we see God's love for us without end oh you know it well you learned it perhaps in the kindergarten class uh, John three sixteen. you know it well it's a good place to start by the way and he says his uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life and so the bible talks about here how god gave his only begotten now what is that uh that is love without end uh, just not on the cross today of course as you and i are believers in christ whereby we have received christ as our savior and we know that we have everlasting life why because there was a day that god gave all right and so a part of us understanding the true meaning of love is we understand that god gave his all he didn't give just a part he gave his all he did not just give if you would please something that was sacrificial no he sacrificed his all to be able to give us so we see god's love for us is without end uh you say well preacher i got saved and once i got saved uh, then that's the end of it i'm going to go to heaven oh no you have a continual relationship because of god's love because of God's love, you get to pray. Because of God's love, you get to breathe. Because of God's love, you get to walk. Because of God's love, you get to talk. Because of God's love, you get to interact with other people. Because of God's love, you get to be a chosen one of God, whereby you're one of his children operating in the frame of grace and walking in the steps of faith and being able to be blessed of God because you operate in the rim of obedience. Now, we wouldn't be able to do that if it it wasn't for God's love so how is it that we can be able to function and be able to love other people we see uh, God's love for us with is without end statement number two we're commanded to love people we're commanded to love people uh, first Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 the Bible says seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit of an un foreign love listen to it now of the brethren the bible says see that you love one another with a pure uh, heart fervently so god says this that we are supposed to love one another by the way that's a command that's a command uh, we're supposed to love one another uh, you say well i'll tell you what so and so bothers me well you're still supposed to love them you're supposed to love the brethren uh, by the way when you love somebody you're going to try and help them not hurt them you're going to try to uh, 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 promote them not demote them you're going to try to uh, be there when they need you and uh, try to pray for them and walk beside them and things of that nature statement number one we see god's love for us is without end statement number two we're commanded to love people statement number three uh, we're supposed to love our enemies now by the way it's easy to love your friends it's easy to love somebody that brings cookies by it's easy to love somebody that takes you out to eat 
it's easy to love somebody when they do something for you. That's easy. Man, that is easy. It's easy to love somebody when they're kind to you, uh, you know, when they're serving you, when they're saying nice things about you, uh, when uh, all of a sudden you get on Facebook and everything is about you and it's all positive. I mean, you know, can I tell you, it's easy to love people that love you. But that's not what this verse is teaching. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 35, the Bible says, uh, but love your enemies. It says, and do good and lend, it says, hoping for nothing again. So God says, oh, wait a minute, you got an enemy, you got somebody that you feel like it's persecuting you, that's giving you a rough time. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to love them, but as you love them, don't expect nothing in return. Now that's hard. Because we like things in return. You don't invest in the stock market unless you're at least um, partially convinced that you're going to receive something in return. You don't spend time cooking in the kitchen and uh, hour upon hour upon hour unless you expect that you're going to get some type of gratitude, uh, perhaps, in return. You don't spend time dating that girl and dating that girl and putting a hamburger in her belly and then french fries in her belly and, and steaks and all sorts of fancy other type of uh, food and spending money after money after money with uh, no expectancy of it coming to that which is a greater end. You know, all of us uh, uh, expect things from other people, but here's what God says. God says that, uh, but uh, love ye, it says, your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping, it says, uh, for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and your children, it says, of the highest, the Bible says, and it says, and he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. So he said this. He said, look, God is going to be your reward. You just keep loving. You might not get any love back from somebody that despises you, somebody that hurts you, somebody that tries to incriminate you, somebody that gossips about you, somebody that starts rumors about you, somebody that steals your french fries. But here's what God says. God says, I'll be your reward. So how, how is it that we can love the way God wants us to love? Well, here's what we do. We see God's love is without end. That's encouraging. Uh, we see that God's commanded us to love people. That's hard. Uh, we see that we're supposed to love our enemies. Now it goes from hard to rather difficult. But yet the Bible goes on. We're supposed to show our love by our actions. Somebody said your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk always ought to talk louder, uh, or your walk always ought to talk louder than your talk talks. So you're supposed to walk it, not just talk it. Uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 27, the Bible says, And I say unto you that uh, which hear, love your enemies. Oh, here it is. Love is in action here. Do good unto them that hate you. So God says, now wait a minute. I don't want you just to love your enemies. I want you to put action to loving your enemies. Do good to them. Somebody says something bad about you, do good to them. somebody's taking your car spot do good to them don't mark their car up don't open your door harshly and put a a, a a notch in their door don't do that don't do that don't stand out there and pray that their tire goes flat don't do that 
God says, here's what we're supposed to do. He says we're supposed to show love. How do we do that? Well, it's action. You do good to them. You say, well, I think that so-and-so don't like me. Okay, here's your Bible antidote. Do good to them. Well, I just think that uh, maybe they don't care for me. Well, then do good to them. Now, we're just talking about those that want to obey the Bible. But here's what it says. Uh, how is it that you express love? Well, it's easy to do when you understand that God has immersed you in his love. We see this, that uh, uh, we're supposed to see God's love is without end. We're supposed to understand we're commanded to love people. Uh, we're uh, commanded, if you would please, to love our enemies. We're supposed to show love by our actions. Oh, here, uh, a little bit more challenging here. Uh, we're supposed to love people when we realize they could hurt us. You know, most people run from hurt. I tell the story many years ago. I was preaching for Dave Baker up in Columbia, Tennessee. And I was out there, and all of a sudden, this pack of dogs came over, and they were mean, and they were coming at me with their teeth, and I'm talking about growling and barking and coming hastily at me, they were wanting lunch and they were confused they thought I was it and I picked up a stone and I waited to that lead dog you say uh, you say you ought to believe in animal rights I do and I do believe in people rights <laughs> and that lead dog was coming straight on I, I knew if I could knock that lead dog out the other ones might might get the hint and there's about four or five of them and they were mean and they were coming after me I mean, it was either, you know, uh, be one of these passive people and just say, okay, here I am. I'm your sacrifice. No, but I like my fingers. I like my toes. I like my nose. I like all the, all the members of my body. I, 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 I like them. And so these dogs were coming over the hill aggressively. They were coming straight at me. I knew they were coming at me. I don't know why they were coming at me. Maybe they didn't like my tie. I don't know. But uh, they were coming at me, and so I picked up some stones, a couple of them, but I put one in my hand, and, and, uh, and I waited till they got really close to me, probably a little bit dangerously close, but I didn't want to miss. And so uh, that lead dog, you know, uh, he is coming, and, uh, you know, and so I hit him right there on the snout, right there on the snout. I, I guess that's what you call it, nose, whatever you want to call it, but I hit him right there. And did you know that he decided he was going to go another direction? Now, wait a minute, Here, here's the truth of the matter. You know Christians are that way? No, you're not throwing stones at each other's noses, but here's what takes place. When you get hurt by somebody, you don't want to be around them again. I went to that trailer park the very next day. That dog saw me, and did you know it did not want to come up to me? It didn't want to come close to me. And then you wonder why your wife is not talking to you when you have differences between you. And then you wonder why your children are staying away from you when they're tired of being chewed out by you. Do you understand? Here's what the Bible is teaching here. The Bible is teaching that uh, uh, we are supposed to love. And, and sometimes as we do love, sometimes uh, it, it does uh, involve hurt. Sometimes you have to forgive somebody and you just have to walk up and be their friend and just learn to walk with God yourself and get over the hurt. By the way, that's called forgiveness that all of us are supposed to practice. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, And this I pray, that, you, uh, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. 
So God says, as you're sitting in judgment, make sure that you sit in judgment in love. Uh, we're supposed to be uh, uh, people that restore people. It's hard to restore somebody when you're kicking them. Uh, we're supposed to be a church that, that cares about people and you try and help people to grow. Wait a minute. And so when it talks about more and more here, that's talking about that it's outside the boundaries. In other words, it's above the norm. If you eat enough, your stomach will swell. What have you done? You've stretched it. I think we ought to decide that we're going to stretch our love for other people. All right? So we're supposed to love people more when hurt. We're not talking about just when they hurt, but when they hurt you. You're supposed to love, oh, you said my husband hurt me and I'm never going to speak to him again. That's not a mature Christian. That's not going to help your marriage relationship. Well, my friend, they hurt me and I'm just going to stay away from them the rest of the days of my life. Aren't you glad Christ is not that way? I'm saying this. I'm saying that we're supposed to love people uh, more when hurt. Statement number next, uh, we're supposed to love even if it costs. By the way, sometimes love costs something. It does. Uh, sometimes it costs a dinner. Sometimes it costs a, a, a supper. Sometimes it costs a gift. Sometimes it costs time. Sometimes it costs investment. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, Remember without ceasing, it says, uh, Your work of faith, it says, And labor of love and patience of hope uh, in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. So what's he saying? He's saying here that uh, we're supposed to love, and by the way, we're supposed to love even if it costs something. Oh, it might not mean much to you, but it means something to your wife when you do open the door. It might not mean much to you, but it means something to your husband when you prepare his favorite meal. It might not mean much to you, but it does mean something to your children when you take time out of your busy schedule to spend some personal time with them. It might not mean much to you, but it does mean a lot to that Sunday school child that you took time, being their Sunday school teacher, to come by and visit them, uh, even though uh, perhaps um, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the parents that works as a part of her faculty. It might not mean much to you, but it does, uh, it does help when all of a sudden, you as a child, you become thankful to your parents, and you say, look, Thank you so much just for being my mom. Thank you for being my dad. You know, sometimes you have to, as a teenager, as a child also, you've got to be willing to pay the cost also. You, you be willing to get up and straighten up the room. You be willing sometimes to uh, uh, um, help mom cook the meal. You be willing sometimes to be able to mow the lawn so dad doesn't have to. You be, it costs something. It costs something. Might cost you a little bit of time shooting them a text. Might cost a little bit of time writing them a note. Might cost, but see, here's the deal. We want it all. 
Love me, love me, love me. Give it to me. I want it. I deserve it. Man, uh, pat me on the back. Uh, I, I deserve everything that I get. But my dear friend, can I be very candid and very honest with you? Uh, if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I would both get what we do deserve, and that would be hell. So anything above going to hell is a bonus. So you can be happy about that. Boy, I know when I got saved, it, it, hit, it hit me reality. I know I'm not going to burn in hell. And because of that, can I tell you, every day that I wake up is a blessing. Because I'm not going to go to that wicked, horrible place and be bound there for all eternity. I'm not going to be there. Now, because of that, I can smile on a rainy day. Because of that, I can smile if it ever does snow again in Texas. I can smile in the summer heat. Why? Because my emotions, my joy is not based on me. My emotions, my joy is based on him. And if I can immerse myself in his love, uh, it's easy for me, it's easy for you, it's easy for others to be able to love other people when you're close to the one that is the author of love. So the closer that you are, and somebody says, oh, and they say, oh, preacher, you understand, I can't love people because I was never trained. You don't have to be trained. You just have to know the one that's the author of love and know the one uh, that is the one that can give love and walk beside him, and he can help you to be able to love somebody else. I hear all the lame brain excuses all the time. Well, I can't be faithful because my parents never taught me how to have character. You can get character on your own. Well, I can't be happy because I grew up in a sad home. Uh, you can bring gladness to the home. Uh, you don't understand. Uh, uh, the reason I'm turning out the way I'm turning out, it's my daddy's fault. It's my mama's fault. It's my brother's fault. It's my sister's fault. It's my great, 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 great granddaddy's fault. And, oh, no, there has to be some personal responsibility in there somewhere. I've often said nobody can make you have a bad day. You choose to have a bad day. Nobody can get under your skin unless you allow them to get under your skin. I watch people and all of a sudden they get mad at somebody and it comes, I mean, it, it's all over their face. I mean, they go from to... I mean, it, it just changes just like that. Now, can I tell you, it ought not be that way. I'm not saying walk around with a smile, but I'm talking about walking around being content. Paul said that he was content with whatsoever state he found himself in. That was talking about his position. All right, so here's what we understand. We understand that uh, uh, as, as we see God's love without end, it should encourage us that we can love. Uh, as we uh, are commanded to love people, we ought to dive and walk that away. We're supposed to love our enemies. A love is shown by our actions. As we love people, by the way, sometimes you will get more hurt than you get love from people. Statement number next, I said that sometimes love will cost you. Statement number next, think about this, I'm almost done. Uh, uh, we are to love expecting nothing in return. Now, I'm not just talking about from your enemies, I'm talking about from just friends. You say, well, my enemies, they're not going to love me, and I expect that. But you're not supposed to expect love from even your friends. Expect nothing in return. 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19, the Bible says to know, it says, the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. The Bible says that ye might be filled, it says, with all the fullness of God. It passeth knowledge. Passeth knowledge. Can I tell you this? What takes place is uh, God's love. We can't explain it. It passeth knowledge. Uh, you might not be able to explain love to somebody else, but you ought to be that individual that expresses it to someone else. Somebody might not know how to love you, but you ought to be one that loves somebody else and helps somebody else and it encourages somebody else. Here's what we see. Statement number next as I hasten to a close, and that is this. Uh, sometimes we're supposed to love regardless of how deep the hurt goes. There's the story of Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, if you will, in verse 9. The Bible says now, it says, God brought Daniel in favor, it says, of the tender love of the prince of the eunuchs. Now here Daniel is in the presence, in captivity, if you will please, by this individual uh, as far as being right there in his presence. And what takes place is this. All of a sudden, God changes the heart of the prince of the eunuchs. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible says, And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear the Lord the king, and he hath appointed your meat and your drink. And why it says, ye see your faces worse lightning onto than that with the children, it says, which are come from your sort. And it says, then shall I make me endanger my head to the king. So here's what he says. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to go on your behalf and I'm going to appear before the king. But I'm not doing that just because I do it for anyone. They have become very close friends. Daniel in this eunuch and this eunuch was going to go and he was going to Before the king and he said I stand a chance of losing my head Just because you're my friend now by the way what type of friend are we? Uh, uh, if you were in danger of losing your life, would you be willing to lay it down for your friend? We read that in the New Testament a few minutes ago That a person that loves you will lay down their life for you that's a friend. But if we're willing to do that, can't we be willing to do the lesser? Can't we be willing to step out and do the lesser? Here it is, and I'm done right here. Uh, statement number next. Think about this. The Bible teaches that uh, we are supposed to love by offering mercy when sinned against. Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 4, the Bible says this, But God, who is rich in mercy... The Bible says, for his uh, great love wherewith he loved us. So God who is rich in mercy. Now, by the way, I cannot love the way I should love unless I get close to the one who is all love. And by the way, it, it will influence me. It will influence me. Stand up, if you will. Representing God, here I am, sinner. Uh, I have somebody that is getting on my nerves. I have somebody that is mm, trying to hurt me, uh, stuff like that. All right, so what do I do? I can try to help him by myself, and probably I'm going to fail because the arm of the flesh shall fail you. Or I can do this. I can go to the one that can help me to get the wisdom, to get the knowledge, to be able to uh, understand how to treat someone. That's why I thank God for godly counselors that's in our church. 
You know why? Because godly counselors in our church can help you to overcome challenges that you're not strong enough to overcome by yourself. All right, so what do I do? I go to somebody that uh, uh, is full of love. I go to somebody that uh, I can rely on who is God. Now let's say that uh, I feel like I can't do that. I can't, I, I, I'm just not close enough to God to get in, to understand, to absorb. So what do I do? I find a godly counselor that's between me and God. Mm, might be a counselor in our church. And I go to him and, and I begin to talk. I just don't understand. How come I don't feel God's love? I don't understand. Now, what can I do to be able to uh, uh, reach out and help and reach out and encourage and reach out and be able? I, I just don't have that in me. And he takes the Bible and he begins to open the Bible and he begins to show me truth that will help me. He doesn't give me his opinion because honestly his opinion is not worth spit. But he takes the Bible and he says, well, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible shows us to do. Here is what your responsibility is. Now, I've always got people over here that's going to try and pull me the wrong direction. So I've got that choice. Oh, I feel distant from God. I just don't know if God can show me. Well, then I find somebody that has the truth that can help me to understand how to be able to do it. And as I find that person that shows me exactly what to do, I get closer to God because I have Bible principle, have Bible truth. Then eventually, guess what? Now I feel comfortable of going to God boldly. Because why? Now I've got that relationship with God. Thank you, be seated. Let me give you one last thought and I'm done. There was a little boy and he'd entered into a candy shop. As he entered into the candy shop, oh, he saw the candy. He thought for sure that candy needs to be mine. And so he would take just a piece. Oh, nobody would know because he'd only take just one little piece at a time. He'd stick it in his pocket and he'd eventually make it towards the door and he would go outside. He'd find himself a corner down an alleyway and he'd take that piece of candy and he'd put it in his mouth and he'd eat that candy. Oh, it was just so good. One day, all of a sudden, the clerk saw what he was doing in a mirror that was up there behind the counter. He saw this little boy as he sneaked his hand into that candy jar. As that little boy would pull that piece of candy out and he'd put it in his pocket and he'd go outside and go down the alley, the clerk followed him. He saw exactly what he was doing. About the same time that little boy taking that piece of candy out of his pocket and popped it in his mouth, the clerk put his hand on the little boy's shoulder. Now, all of a sudden, conviction comes. I've been caught. Now, all of a sudden, he feels wrong. He feels like he ought to make amends. He doesn't want to go to jail. I mean, he's only stole about maybe 15 pieces of candy or so. And so, but that clerk begins to talk to him, and that clerk begins to bring him back in and show him how, why this was wrong and how he could work and how he could become somebody that could earn the money to buy even more candy than he was stealing. What was he doing? He was trying to help that person to make better decisions. Oh, he had to work it off. He had to sweep, sweep out the store. He had to take out the trash. He had to do it for a solid month. But after a while, by and by, that little boy got to know the clerk. The clerk was getting older. The boy was growing up. Later on, guess who became the clerk of the store? The little boy. 
Why? Because somebody did not just say, that's wrong. Uh, somebody did not just say, okay, uh, here is, um, mm, uh, here's the punishment. Though he did get the punishment, he also had the hand that guided him along to show him there's a better way. When we disciplined our children when they were younger, we didn't just discipline, but discipline came with instruction. And instruction changed the life. So what are you talking about, preacher? I'm saying there's a way to love. There's a way to love. There's a way to be able to walk beside someone and help them to be able to come to where they ought to be. And by so doing, you get to train some people to be closer to the one that is absolute love. One closing illustration, and now I'll probably have another one, but I think this is it. When my dad died, I had a hard time. When my brother died, I had a harder time. Oh, I tried to lead my brother to Christ many countless of times. He'd tear the track up, throw it at me, spit in my face, and there for a while wanted nothing to do. His kids loved him. They watched the podcast. They hear me even this hour. His kids loved him, prayed for him. And when Dave got saved, everything changed in his life. Became that great dad, became that great friend to his kids, and things of that nature. But can I tell you, there was a lot of hurt that was going on when he died. Because I really wanted to get close to him. And I never could. And so I felt like, man, there's an absence there. So I turned to my wife, and I'd, I'd weep like a baby, and I'd say, oh, man, I can't believe Dave's gone. Dave's gone. He died same age as dad, age 57. Can't believe Dave is gone. And, you know, uh, that ate at me because I'd always go back and retrace it. Hello, listen to me now. I'd always go back and retrace it. Could I have done more? Could I have reached out more? Could I have written him one more note? Could I try to get him on the phone one more time? Then the sweet Holy Spirit of God was like, Mike, you did your best. And there was a total relief and release of guilt. But I had to get close to God to be able to get that. See, you cannot be able to overcome things in your own life by yourself without God. I pity our world that tries to make it all by themselves. And they never will. Because they're just digging and digging and digging and digging. And it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But as you immerse yourself, watch it now, in the love of God, it helps you to love others even more. I never used to be a people person. Leave me alone. Let me sit in the corner. Don't talk to me. Because I won't know what to say to you. Then all of a sudden, as I started to read my Bible and started helping Christians and loving people, I found out that I need to try and reach out to people as much as I possibly can. So I decided I'm going to make some changes just to try and help people. I can I tell you, God's the one that helps you with that. But you have to immerse yourself in Him. And as you immerse yourself in Him, it's easier to forgive people. It's easier not to hold grudges. It's easier to be able to relatively talk to people because now you understand how the love of God can work in you and 
through you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please, for just a little bit. You're here this morning and you said... Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.